In this week's episode, we celebrate Wonder Woman's 750th issue, share our thoughts on the new Guardians title, and lament the anti-climax of Ruins of Ravencroft. It's all happening now on Cover B. Welcome back to Happy Cover hellos, B. everybody. That's right. I'm talking staccato like William Shatner. <laughs> but it's not going to last because it makes me crazy. <laughs> Why? So how about What's that wrong with you? <laughs> Captain Marvel 2 announcement? I have no input because I haven't really heard about it. <laughs> so I've been thinking about this. So Okay, follow me on this. I've been uh, thinking about this. And I have a strong opinion about what the next movie should be about. Okay. And I feel like I'm going to get a lot of flack for this. There's going to be a lot of heat. What? No. But go with me on this. Yeah. Captain Marvel 2 should be entirely about Howard the Duck. Okay. Yeah. Because, like, go with me here. Pack it up. Like... Part of the issues that people have been having with Captain Marvel mm-hmm. is that they made her a little bit cold, yeah. a little bit standoff. So how do you fight that? You don't introduce characters that would inherently be more like lovable or interesting than her. Mm-hmm. You introduce a wise-talking butthole of a duck. Mm-hmm. And by comparison, she'll look great. Yeah. This has been my TED Talk on Howard the Duck in Captain Marvel 2. <laughs> Weren't they going to, like, wasn't the big rumor that they were going to have Spider-Man be, like, her protege? Like, he was going to latch onto her and be like, teach me how to space. And that was going to be, like, the big, like. But that was before the, like. That was going to be what kind of, like, warms her up. Right. But that was before the whole Spider-Man, Sony, Disney kerfuffle. So I don't know if that got, like, shelved. I just don't know what, at what point did someone acting like an alien and being unfamiliar with human cultural ways went from, like, a fun premise for a character to, like, oh, she's so wooden. You know what I mean? Because I feel like there were tons of movies in, like, the 80s and 90s that were like, I'm from the outer space. I don't know how humans work. Isn't you know that, I mean? like, the whole point it's, of Spock? Well, it's funny to me that it's okay when it's Sheldon. But or or Spock. Yeah, or a Spock. But when it's, like, when it's Captain Marvel, it's suddenly a problem. Pretty blonde like, lady supposed to be nice. It's almost like there's some sort of misogynistic reason behind it. Anyway, um, moving on, let's talk about comics from this week. I'm down. Let's so, do it. So, first one I wanted to bring up was Kids. Or Kidzy. I don't know how you're supposed to say the title. Admittedly. The Z appears to be lowercase. So I'm thinking <laughs> it's Kids. Admittedly, I had assumed it was Kids until earlier today you mentioned it as Kidzy. And I was like, oh, because of the premise of the book. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh. So, and then I like went through a lot of emotions feeling inadequate. <laughs> anyway, K-I-D to the Z is uh is a book about it's by a from a blaze comics uh which is a smaller publisher that's had a lot of really good stuff coming up yeah um true. like they've been putting out some cool stuff they also do that new merc Adolfo book they also do gung ho uh they've got a few other things that they've been putting out but they're getting some good solid stuff uh and they're 
honestly feeling a little bit like Aftershock for me. Yeah, I, I could see that. Aftershock first came out and blew up. They had a lot of like really just stunning titles that were very creative. Yeah. Um, Ablaze is kind of doing the same thing. However, they are leaning a little bit heavy into like the zombie stuff, I've noticed. But yeah. who knows? Maybe that'll be their niche. Um, but Whatever you got to do, man. Uh, K.I. Dizzy uh, is effectively about this cadre of kids in some sort of zombie apocalypse. Um, we don't even know if it's really an apocalypse or if their just area is zombied. We know very, very little about the world around them uh there's obviously other survivors because they like well i guess they could just be recording this thing for them but for themselves they record themselves rolling out and like beating the crap out of zombies and that's the premise on the surface you know what i mean right and then deeper down we've got one kid who has some sort of traumatic history with when the zombie outbreak happened yep um we've got another kid with some sort of mystery about him um he's like the leader and he's up to something there's something there but he's the smart one too i have my like he's, he's the, the responsible he's, one well he's the smart one he's the capable one like he's the one who does all the zombie slaying yeah you know he's the one who's invented or somehow gathered up a bunch of rules about zombie training and right. is the leader um but there's something and all around he's a nice guy like he treats he's a good people kid. well yeah um and the you know one kid with a tragic background who treats him really well and they like bond um so it's not one of those situations where he's like i'm the leader because i manipulated everyone to be you know to make me the leader i'm corrupt as hell but there's something weird going like there's something beneath the surface yeah there there's something happening. they're not saying um, yet so i like that air of mystery but ultimately this plays out like if you were to take the you know human condition uh, like study that is walking dead right you know what i mean because walking dead like people who don't know walking dead assume it's about zombies it's not it's about the it's people not, yeah um so if you were to take that kind of thing this like not going to be very optimistic human condition study and mix in the immaturity of like a 1980s 90s like breakfast club or like goonies kind of feel you know what i mean right boom kidsy this this book felt to me and i think i have the perfect descriptor it felt like darkest timeline recess yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like fair enough like if the world went to hell in the recess world this is what would this was what would come out of that and i i dig it actually i'm yeah it's really like feeling 28 it. ed ed and eddie's later yeah yeah so funny precisely story, earlier today i was thinking up a lot of things like that where i was mixing like zombie films and whatnot with like teen movies <laughs> and one of the ones i came up with was ferris bueller's slay off and now i just want that movie i want like a shitty b horror movie about this like cool kid who narrates to the camera as he's actually like a serial killer and he like skips cool to go like murder people except in 2020 <laughs> if you're gonna have a movie entitled ferris bueller slay off the whole movie is gonna be about ferris bueller killing zombies and then the very end he's gonna be in like a drag show 
Yeah, I was gonna say it's like Ferris Bueller wins RuPaul's Drag. Yeah, like yeah, sashay um, slay away. Like it, it's yeah. just it is what it is. Um, like, but I, but I would watch the hell out of that. I like my version better. I do that enjoy is like yours. A Silent Night, Deadly Night esque retelling of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I'm so always down. I'm gonna for start more making that. that do it that's my next project. thing is if you i feel like if you could get in contact with matthew broderick he'd be like hell yeah i have him play the principal that'd be great he'd love it that'd be fabulous um, anyway so kid z i really really dug it um it, it was it's cool like it, it doesn't try too hard to be anything more than yeah it's not it breaking is. molds and you know i mention that a lot of times on this podcast is sometimes it's just nice to have a refreshing thing that knows what it is might have a little bit of extra stuff going for it, which I like. I like that it's like just enough to feel interesting, not so much that it's convoluted. Yeah, that's um, a good way to describe that. And otherwise, I mean, the premise is easily acceptable. The kids are likable enough. Like, they're funny enough. They're rude to each other, and they call each other fatty and stuff like that. There is some high language. strange that there's only boys there's no girls i thought one i thought maybe the one little of the, ones one of the twins yeah i think one of the little ones is a girl but i don't know they don't define the twins that doesn't but totally even, surprise even me still, though the twins are like babies they're like young it depends on their age we don't have a solid definition of their age group because if it's like 10, 11 year old boys, mm-hmm. there wouldn't be girls because they wouldn't have searched for girls. Girls wouldn't have been in their That's initial right. friend group. Well, I feel like some of them look a little bit older, but again, we don't know. So, yeah. Uh, but it's definitely worth a pickup. I liked it. Me liked too. Kids. Kids. Um, another book that I really enjoyed this week mm-hmm. was Red Sonia Age of Chaos. Yeah. Number one. So I kind of went into this um, with low expectations, admittedly, because I like Red Sonia, but I don't know. I, I Sometimes it's like, oh, hey, she is a warrior woman. Yeah. Cool. Standard warrior I mean, woman fair. There's always a bit with like the your Vampirellas and your Red Sonias and your Deja Thoruses. There's always like a bit of hesitation going into those because like. I hate to say it, but realistically, like eight times out of ten, when there's like, "Hey, here's a Red Sonia title," it's going. There's gonna be a lot more effort put into the covers, than yeah, into the book itself. Yeah, and I've had some Red Sonias that I liked, like Gail Simone's run in Red Sonia was very good. Amy Chu's was pretty good. Um, the one where it was like, she came to like the modern world, like that was. Pretty oh cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, and but you know. At other times, there's been pockets where it's just like, okay, this is kind of ho-hum, and you've got, like, a million variants with just, like, hunga dunga lunga dos <laughs> all over the place. And so, like, it's obvious where your money went. Yeah, Same there, with, like, Vampirella. Like, current run of Vampirella with Christopher Priest, really good. Previous run, not as good. Um, checked out, like, a few issues and was just like, meh. And then, like, Vengeance of Vampirella is coming out. Not as good. Vampirella Deja Thoris, not great. You know, Vampirella, Red Sonia, meh. You know, like. And there's always, like, a lot of them coming out and, yeah. like, lots of variation. And it's because, like, how many variant covers can we yeah, make? Yeah, look, we can have five, you know, covers and then, like, a million incentive variants. Look at all the because, different like, variations of her same bikini. Look at Yay. all the hoo ha's. Um, it's a thing. But yeah. But this one took me by surprise. Same. 
Because you go into it and you're like, oh, it's going to be a standard Red Sonja book. Except immediately you go in and you're like, this is not a standard Red Sonja book. They make her look weathered and worn and dope yeah. and like badass she's, as heck. Yeah, she's like this towering behemoth of a woman with like hair that would put Peg Bundy to shame. It is it is yeah. massive and aggressive and that girl has no shame and I'm here for it. And then it goes into the book and it's just like, hey... Have you ever heard of a character from one of our books? They're here now. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. Like, everybody. Chastity and, like, yeah, all the, all everybody's the, there. True to the name, all the chaos characters pop up. So Evil Ernie's there. Purgatory's there. Jade is there. Lady Hell is there. Uh, what is it? Like, Bad Kitty or yeah, whatever. Yeah, Bad Kitty. Is. Um, so, yeah. I mean, there's a whole cadre of characters that they drum up for that. It was awesome awesome though and it's cool it's super super dark yeah yeah super metal and super dark and like the red sonia segments to me felt like like a heavy metal book yeah it's all like windy and stormy and gross looking people dying she was just like i said this towering brute of a warrior woman and like It was awesome. I, li- I like it. I'm here for it. I am I totally it. down. So I am looking forward to the next issue of that because it is just like, it is not here for your male gaze enjoyment. It is here to throw down. And I am, I am enjoying that. Yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> so big old milestone issue came out uh, this week for everyone's favorite uh Totally. Amazonian, sorry. I totally <laughs> forgot the word. I was running through like every Greek A word I could. Athenian, no. Atlantean, no. no. Artisanal? I don't know. Um, Amazonian. Wonder Woman. Woo! Go Wonder Woman! Ms. Diana. Uh, ting, 750 ting. issues. Ting, ting. Wow. It's not a thousand. She hasn't gotten to a thousand yet, which she'll get there. I was talking with a friend about like, man, we're like three fourths of the way to a thousand, which means like Wonder Woman is going to reach a thousand in like 20 years, 20 plus years. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so like That's got a, a long way to go. Um, That's a lot. Yep. But anywho, we're at 750. That's cool. Yay. Uh, get it, girl. It's this big chunk and chungus of a book. It's like 10 bucks. There's tons of covers to choose from. Uh, regular covers, kind of my personal favorites. I I don't mind the J. Scott Campbell one, but I think he could have done better. Usually I'm a J. Scott Campbell go-to guy. Um, the Koi Pell cover. And I, again, that's one of those names I probably should have researched. <laughs> um, it's the 1970s one, I believe. It's oh, okay. very, very good. Uh, the Jenny Frizon uh 1940s cover is very very or is it the 50s 1950s cover oh cool it's very very good um and then the others are they're okay there's <laughs> <laughs> like an adam hughes cover there's a j sky campbell and there's a ben oliver uh there's a brian boylan there's a george perez um and there's a jim lee cover you can just like pull stuff out of your brain and i'm like yeah. um, i don't even think i remember my friend's name that also well a freaking metric ton of exclusives online um i don't usually push people to exclusives because it's honestly it's overhyped chill 
but <laughs> the art germ exclusives are phenomenal so you got to check those out if you haven't yet um he god they're just great that man they're is probably a sold magician. out they're probably sold out to be honest but like they're so good um <laughs> and then j scott campbell of course has his you know usual metric ton of exclusives that he does it's somewhere between like three or like 50 billion i don't remember <laughs> it's a um, rough estimate yeah a right? rough estimate three or 50 billion anyway definitely um, more than two as with the detective 1000 and action 1000 um the wonder woman 750 is effectively a collaborative piece between many many writers and many many artists many of whom have done wonder woman at various points in times a la greg rooka uh makes an appearance uh marguerite bennett does i think she probably does the bombshells one because didn't she write bombshells she did a big bombshells section which was really sweet um, that would definitely and have been her. gail simone has a segment which was my favorite um thank you gail <laughs> um just it was wonderful but um ten dollar book so it's gonna be hefty uh but like i said there's a lot of content in there it does wrap up the current arc oh, cool. uh, for wonder woman um, I don't remember the action and detective doing that. I remember them kind of being their own standalone thing. Uh, but this one actually does have the end of her like whole showdown with Cheetah. And I honestly haven't been keep it up with that. Uh, but it was cool. Nice. I liked, I liked the ending. Um, and again, uh, my favorite story out of all the stories in that book is Gail Simone's. I actually teared a little. Aww. It was really sweet and just really, really cute and really Aww. like everyone was hugging everybody. And then Apolita shows up and she starts hugging people and it was just great. Um, it was really <laughs> cool. Heart. And that's the that's the thing is the focus of a lot of these stories are is the you know overall compassion and like unrelenting determination that is Wonder Woman. Like, st the stories focus on her, like, sense of adventure and her sense of wonder, uh, no pun intended, and, you know, her general, like, loyalty to people, her general, you know, compassion for people. The Like I said, the Bombshells <laughs> one is really sweet. It's a bunch of other heroes talking about, like, cool shit that Wonder Woman did for them. Oh, you know that's I mean? neat. There's multiple points where, like, people who are technically Wonder Woman villains are, like, Wonder Woman saved me from my villainous life you know what i mean like wonder woman rescued me Aww. um this sounds so cute it's adorable it's super worth a read if you've ever had any interest in wonder woman um it actually honestly got me jazzed for the movie because i think i think if they develop wonder woman's character more i think gal gadot could do a really good job embodying that like compassionate like wonder woman's always there like to listen yeah you know what i mean like if you're any sort of friend or ally wonder woman's like yeah like she's not like batman where it's like i've got a bunch of secret shit going on yeah you know what i mean she's not shady yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's also like superman even in his own way has this ability to kind of keep people at an arm's distance you know what I yeah. mean? in in his own sort of way and i think it's because he's so closely allied with people like lois and people like batman and you know he's constantly dealing with freaking lex who has eyes and ears and betrayers everywhere well and i hate to say it but wonder woman's one of the few that doesn't have a secret identity yeah she is who she is and everyone knows and she's not gonna hide it and she doesn't have to worry about it like you know 
She can speak in her normal tone, unlike yeah. Superman, who apparently has been speaking in falsetto for the past 20 years. Yep. Yep. Uh, that's the thing is, I knew <sighs> about that. I had it no recently, idea. I find that to be the, the weirdest thing, thing. recently hit the news, and I was like, I don't remember when I heard about this, but I feel like I've known, like, for a long, like, long, long time, it's been... Like, just a fact to me that Superman talks in a higher pitch voice. But, like, no wonder Lois Lane was not into Clark Kent because he comes in the office in his nerdy glass and be like, Hey, Lois, how are you today? I wouldn't be into that either. That's yeah. weird. That It's weird that that was his life choice. I'll get that report typed up to you real quick, Perry. <laughs> it's uh, so not okay. Yeah. It's just not okay. <laughs> it makes me so uncomfortable. Jimmy. Uh... <laughs> Jimmy Olsen, come over here. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy, are you okay? Jimmy, are you okay? Are you okay, Jimmy? Okay. <laughs> you've been hit by, you've been struck by Lex Luthor. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Oh Jesus. Uh, what was I saying? But so with Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman's just always like hard on her sleeve, in a good way. Like not, yep. she's not naive. She's not a pushover. Like, no. It, by all means, but she is just so unwilling to lie or subterfuge or like, you know, try to manipulate or move around people. She's always very like, she's almost Draxy in that way, where it's like she's just going to tell you what it is, and if what it is is something that you don't like, sorry, this the truth. Um, if what it is is, hey, I'm here for you, even though you're beating the crap out of me right now. You used to be my friend. What the f is that about? I'll never give up on you. Then like, that's what it is, and that's why I love, um, you know, pulling back into something I read recently. The whole Wonder Woman Dead Earth thing. Like, I think he gets that that part of Wonder Woman just so well, where yeah. Wonder Woman's in this horrible thing, and she by all means could like totally she omits kind of who she is at parts but like she could totally lie she could totally like play by these new rules that she's met by but she's like no this is my truth <laughs> this is the way of hope and compassion and determination and that's who i am and it's just it's a really cool read it's it's interesting because wonder woman in all of the dc stuff part of the reason why i like wonder woman and i like um martian manhunter the two of them is because they are almost sorry i'm gonna say this and get a whole lot of shit for it um they are potentially the only two of really the justice leaguers that has any level of emotional maturity yeah like i hate to say it but like clark had a really sweet life growing up and bruce never went to therapy and probably should have and there's just like faults and inability to process yeah. their stuff it's, yeah, it's like, for so many of these people and it's why Lois is great because Lois is emotionally mature mm. and she handles stuff the same way that Diana does and I feel like they have like an unspoken understanding so like these but Lois like, almost swings especially now Lois almost swings more <laughs> on the Batman side of life now she does. You know. There are indip there are instances when she swings very emotionally mature, and then there's instances when she swings like, screw it, I don't even care anymore. My son's in the future, and he I lost like all of his childhood. Like yeah, yeah. she's been through some stuff lately, so I kind of yeah, give true. her some flack. But I mean, not even on the emotional, <laughs> just like how she 
treats people and interacts with people. True. Like, I mean, she lies and hides things from Clark all the time. And that's you know true. I mean? And it, it's, but it's true. It's like uh, Wonder Woman in the Trinity specifically is kind of this in between, between like Batman's rampant kind of judgmental paranoia and Superman's quasi naive. I'll never quit you hope no matter what kind of thing. You yeah. Know, it, like almost <laughs> sickening optimism. Yeah. You know, and she's this in between where, like I said, she's just pragmatic. Yeah. And, yep. but that with that pragmatism, it doesn't make her cold. It actually gives her the ability to be compassionate for people. She that has other that heroes wouldn't be able to have find yeah. compassion for. Absolutely. And that's really cool. And so this book is hella good. It makes me want to just like, I have a bunch of Wonder Woman books because I love Jenny Frizon, so I've been picking up all the books. Um, and I just haven't read a lick of them, but <laughs> kind of makes me want to go back and we've been busy dive into those. <laughs> I want to get the I love Greg Rucka, so I'd love to get the Greg Rucka run too. Yeah, fair. Um, and there's like a handful of Wonder Woman movies. There's like one that just came out that like animated films that I kind of want to see. So nice. Um, I'm like all in on Wonder Woman right now. I personally feel like. And this is gonna be a hot take. I don't give a shit. Uh, I feel like if you could pick one flagship character for DC, it should be Wonder Woman. Hell like yeah! If you could pick one, send into space to tell aliens what DC was all about. <laughs> it should be Wonder Woman. It should be Wonder Woman. Damn. Everybody straight. would say it should be Batman. It should be Superman. But like, it just it should be Wonder Woman. Like hands down. Like she, in my opinion, is the definition of a superhero. I agree. 100%, like, I agree. Near perfect superhero. Um, and has been written by some crazy good people. Yeah, some really you know? good people. Um, that's actually next on my, like, collecting old books list is the George Perez run. Nice. Of, of uh, Wonder Woman. So we'll see how that goes. But nice. Yeah, good book. Definitely pick it up. Congratulations, Wonder Woman, and all the creators behind her on making it to 750. Years. Well done, team. Um,. So next on my list is another space-faring group of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy has a new number one. Yes, they do. And it was interesting. It was, yeah, it was not bad. It was interesting. So takeaways I have from this book. Um, Marvel's really doubling down on gods right now. That's their hot mm-hmm. ticket. They're really liking gods, and that's, like, the thing. That's the shtick. Fine. Okay. Don't know when gods became, like, the primary focus of everything, but that's cool. Um, Rocket Raccoon looks like he should be in Miami Vice. Um, I really want to watch when Gamora realizes that Peter Quill has... has made a poor life choice uh because it dawned on me while reading this book so part of the plot of this book is that Mm -hmm. peter and rocket effectively are like everybody's gets asked by nova to go and help save the universe again and gamora's like and drax too are like no no we have done this enough it's not my job to keep saving the damn universe. I don't want to. You can't make me. Nanana boo boo. Go away. 
And so yeah. Nova's like, yo, that's fair. I get it. And so he books. And then in like the middle of the night, Peter and Rocket are like, uh, let's go save the world. And so they just bail. Mm-hmm. And like, we focus on them and oh, their Groot, team. Groot stays back too. Yeah, Groot yeah. stays back too. And we focus on them and their team going to help and fight and protect the universe. But what really needs to be focused on and what I really want like the rest of the series to be about is Gamora waking up to discover yeah. that someone has left the deadliest woman in the universe and her going Oh, hell no. And just snapping, like, up, down, around, putting on her gear and going to hunt for some damn Peter Quill because that is not how a girl get played. Well, I think, honestly, that's going to be the narrative thrust of the continuing story arc. Um, Because I think, like, from the sound of the next book, this story arc is going to be like a two-issue story arc where the gods ruin... Because they're going up against the Greek gods. Yeah. Um, like I said, gods everywhere. Which happened in No Way Home, Avengers No Way Home, which is like a 12-issue mini. Uh, the gods got eradicated by... I forget her name, but she was like the god of darkness. Or oh, god okay. god of night. Um, cool. And she was on a rampage, and she just completely obliterated the Greek gods. And then oh. at the end of that, they were resurrected in deep space, because why not? Um... <laughs> and makes sense now that's where they are and they're all cosmically charged and angry for some reason and uh they look really badass though uh the guardians are off helping with that and yeah i think after issue two that's where it's gonna pick up because it's looking like gamora is gonna have to like put together a new team to go rescue the guardians and then i'm sure They'll get caught. I mean, that's cool. Be, and then like Groot I, will be like, fine, damn, and he'll put together a team. And, like, you know. I like the concept, but that's not what I want. Yeah. I want you don't you don't flip a girl like that. It's you don't leave a short, cold bedside. Yeah. You don't do shorty like that. Respect the drip, Quill. Like, uh, what do yeah. you do here? So, like, I just, I really want to watch Gamora like one of those... Um, first, I'm going to come and save you, and then I'm going to come and kill you. Like, that's what I need. I need her to just be mad and to just, like, yeah. beat his ass. Like, oh, yeah. show up be like, excuse me, Greek gods. I need you to, ho- like, hold for just a minute because I'm going to beat this boy's butt just, like, across this place. Yeah. And then I'll take care of you. But y'all need to chill for a minute. Like, I need I need that bad B energy. <laughs> it's It's what this book should be, and it's the potential that's there. And I'm going to be real sad when it don't happen. Yeah. No, I, I'm pretty sure that's where it's going to It go. should be. Yeah. That should be the whole point. I'm. You do not play a girl like that. I'm excited to see how this run goes. It's got <laughs> Al Ewing on it. Um, he is the dude who's been doing Immortal Hulk lately. Um, mm, and he's nice. been doing a lot of really twisted, weird, creative Marvel's letting him get away with it things in Immortal Hulk. Um, so I'm hoping maybe Something some of that weird. will go down. We'll get some new characters or we'll get some new, like, stuff. status quo changes and That'd stuff cool. like that. What I do like is that this whole series seems to keep be keeping with um, a lot of the other, like, galactic things <laughs> that have happened recently, like story arcs and minis and whatnot, have been very focused on how the galaxy's just fallen apart. Yes. Space and cosmic Marvel is just deteriorating into yes. chaos. 
Um, and, you know, obviously Marvel this year has Empire coming. That's going to be their big event. Um, it's going to pertain to Hulkling taking charge of a unified front of the Kree and the Scroll, and causing havoc. Okay. In addition, we also have the Shi'ar are, like, you know, getting a new emperor, I guess. Um, it's, um, uh, I'm going to forget her name. I forget her name. The bird one. Well, I guess Shi'ar people are birds. Anyway, it's uh, <laughs> the younger sister of a infamously evil bad B Got Shi'ar it. lady. That makes sense. Um, whose okay. name escapes me. Why am I brain farting so much today? Anyway. Um, We're we'll, tired. Yeah, <laughs> it happens. It's you guys know comics. what I'm talking about. She fought the X-Men. She doinked Professor Xavier. It was It's a, a thing. thing. Yeah, yeah. I think she doinked Professor Xavier. <laughs> Roll with it. I don't know. Just roll yeah. with it. I'll just make some shit up. Yeah, I'll it's be fine. Like, she's half Colossus, you know. She once ate Juggernaut's arm in front of school children, here's, and it was crazy. Here's the best part about Marvel. Hmm. You could say random shit and just make it up, and like a third of the time, it probably happened. Yeah. <laughs> They probably retconned it, but it probably happened. Yeah, like, you can get away with it. You, you, it's totally fine. Like, nobody going to question it. It's cool. It's good. That's true. But yeah, so I really enjoyed the new Guardians um, in the potential that is there that yeah. can be. It was a, it was a it cool, was, it was cool a good first start. Time. Yeah, yeah. It's a cool premise in the get-go. Yeah, so. yeah. There's, there's lots of potential. Yep. And I like that Rocket Raccoon just hasn't changed. Like I said, he should be in Miami Vice. Yeah. I like his little suit. He's so, so cute with his little suit. And he and doesn't mind if people call him a raccoon. Yeah, he, calls he almost him, died. He calls himself Raccoon S. I'm like, oh, you're so cute. I identify as raccoon. Can I identify as a raccoon? <laughs> Is that a thing? Could I do that? I want to be a raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> trash pandas are that great. That sounds awesome. Have you seen the like big fat trash pandas that live with people? They're yeah, they're huge awesome. and fat, and they just grab food and like. Nom, 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 nom. They live in their best life. Yeah, right. I want to live that life. Same. Anyway, to wrap us up, I don't have much to say about this, uh, and you'll find out why. So we've talked about the previous two, so I felt it only behooved us to talk about this one: Ruins of Ravencroft, Dracula. Um, <sighs> unrelated note: Dracula by the Gorillas is an un. Mostly unheard of, but very underrated song. Look it up. Uh, this book, however, <laughs> don't look it up. Don't Aww. look it up at all. Um, I'm sorry that we talked about the previous two. I would like to renege on those. <laughs> I don't have anything personally against what the writers or artists were trying to get across in this book. I have a problem with what Marvel was really trying to attempt with this series so i think literally next week we have ravencroft number one coming out it's like a six issue mini that's going to focus on weird shit going down in ravencroft the new facility has been built it's all hunky dory everybody happy um but this particular series this particular mini just kind of did literally nothing yeah it just kind of happened 
um, and just kind of left. Yeah. And like literally between the saber tooth one and this one, uh, it just kind of like Fisk just disappeared. And then, like, random other characters showed up. Well, the time jumped. And, yeah. It went from the beginning before construction happens. Mm-hmm. And then immediately to construction is done. Yep. And I genuinely, like, I'm reading, I was reading the book, and I stopped at one point. I looked at Chris, and I was like, did they print these out of order? Like, is there another one next week that was supposed to be this week that they printed wrong? Because... The jump in time and the jump in plot and the jump in structure makes no sense. Like, I was previously really kind of enjoying the wraparound story of this. Like, I think the weird historical vignettes have all been, I'm going to use that same word again. They've all been kind of stupid. And Mm. I didn't disagree with this one as being kind of stupid. I felt like this vignette at least made a little more sense, but at the same time it didn't. I don't know. It, whatever. But Mm. it was was in my opinion, a better depiction of the characters it was depicting, maybe? Maybe it just made a little more sense? Yeah. I don't know. But the wraparound story just, like, died. Like, it it went from, like, oh, there's some intrigue and stuff going, and then it was, like, just kidding. Done. Yeah, there there were all these, like, hints and signposts being built, and I don't know if they'll play out in Ravencroft, like, in the main six-issue mini, but I'm almost... Less almost, inclined. Well, I'm almost just wondering why have the wraparound story there at why all? Not just have the vignettes. The vignettes do like a road to Ravencroft or like the Journal of Ravencroft three issue mini. Yep. Do the vignettes of the founding of Ravencroft. Yep. And then go into Ravencroft. We don't need the frame story if you're not going to make do the frame with story it. do anything. Like, frame stories are successful when there's some sort of payoff in relation to the stories that happen. So you think, like, the classic Tales from the Crypt movie, you've got the various events that happen to the people that are meeting up in this crypt, and then at the end they find out, oh, you're literally death, we're all dead, let's go into the afterlife now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, But you don't have that here. You no. just have a frame story that literally exists just to have kind of alternating artwork or honestly just to, because it was necessary to work the anthology in, but then almost like at that point, give us like a little tidbit in the beginning of them, like rummaging through the rubble and being like, Oh, I found this journal. And then just go into it from then on. Just, yeah. The next three issues are just going to be the flashbacks. Because I think the flashbacks, I don't agree that they were stupid. I think they were lacking and rushed. Yeah. I think they tried really hard to set up stuff, but didn't have a lot of time to set it up. Maybe that might be what it is. Because they had like six pages of a, you know, what, 28-page book dedicated to a random this vi- frame like, story. Frame so story it's just cutting into their anything. time and their ability to really establish like, you know, this is who this character is. Yeah. This is why this person's here. Here we go. Let's keep going. You know, to the extent where, like, we barely even know the Ravencroft guy and we watched him kill himself. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's true. Like, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to feel about this. I got to say, too, I was thinking about the the wraparound story and something I had been enjoying it up to this point, mostly because Misty Knight is awesome. But something was rubbing me really weird the whole time. 
And I realized what it is, is that it's a twofold. One, the depiction of John Jameson was bizarre. Because it turned him into this, like, weird, squirrely, like, oh, I don't don't have anything left. And, oh, thank you, Mr. Fisk. I appreciate you, Mr. Fisk. To be fair, that's kind of who John Jameson has been for a while. But it's not how he's been depicted in the main continuity as an agent of Wakanda. Okay, well, I don't... I'm in so in he in that which is part it was my part two is that part two is that he is like serving as one of Black Panther's like hmm. weird support team yeah. like like kind of like how there's shield but there's not shield anymore yeah. how he made like this thing like john jameson's one of the front runners of that group and it's weird because that doesn't really fit continuity wise because john jameson was carnage's bitch for the last like month (laughs) you know what i mean shrug and i mean he's actually been infected with the carnage symbiote for like a very long time like i don't want to say a year but like because we saw this, there was Web of Venom, uh, that was Cult of Carnage, that was leading up to uh, the whole Absolute Carnage thing. And in that, we saw him effectively get captured and infected by, you know, the Carnage symbiote and get hypnotized by it. So, um, Super weird. So weird. I don't know. That's, that's like, a weird and that's bit of continuity that's issue. And kind of bumming me is that there's a lot of that going on right now like there's so yeah. many side books happening that like well i mean that's it's you, all supposed to be like i don't know when there, you're like hey we want to put out 150 books a month yeah. <laughs> it's like eventually you got to get other characters for there you know what yeah. I mean? it's just confusing and it made it i don't know i'm just very just confused drum up any and every character they can right now so that they can because they you know effectively used up their like main avengers characters so they've got to get somebody in there that people throwing a a bunch of spaghetti on the wall and seeing which avengers new avengers sticks but um i don't know i'm interested i'm going to read ravencroft because i'm interested to see it's almost more at this point like an experiment for me like i'm researching like i'm trying (laughs) to figure out what marvel's trying to get out of this what is the point um, because like the ruins of Ravencroft thing just literally felt like it felt like no one really thought about what story they were trying to tell. No one really like edited it or really like consumed it and was like, oh, like they, it's like they never met on it. And then they were like, hey, you've got three issues right about Ravencroft. <laughs> and it almost feels unfinished. And it's, it's just, yeah. it's very bizarre. Like it, yeah. it's, it's an odd lack of quality and it's not that like everything marvel puts out is just the highest of quality they've had some stinkers yeah it's true. But this one doesn't even feel stinkery yeah it doesn't it just seem like feels... it was inherently it wasn't poorly written that's the thing yeah, it wasn't poorly written i didn't cringe i liked the bits that were there i just don't feel like there was a climax i don't feel like there was an ending and there wasn't really a point yeah it was it was like a dramatic reading of like a Denny's table menu. It was like you know I mean? it was supposed like, to be an eight issue series 
Yeah. And then before it got to thing, they were like, well, you only get three issues, so squish it together and figure it out. Yeah, it was like having Patrick Stewart read your rental agreement. You know what I mean? <laughs> it yeah. was fun to listen to, but I don't know if it really did anything for me. Yeah, I'm not really yeah. sure I've come out of it any better. I'm not inherently excited about the content. No. You know, so I don't know. Yeah, it was I, a weird. I, I honestly don't know. That I, was a weird. Set I don't want to say books. I don't recommend them, but like, because I don't like saying that on the podcast. I literally don't like talking about stuff that I don't recommend. But honestly, I kind of feel bad if somebody gets into the same. Because I, I recommended the first two, because I was like, this could be cool. There's gonna be some sort of reveal, and then there was just nothing. And honestly, the Dracula bit wasn't as good. Like, I don't know. Am I? Also, I just want to say this. It has really nothing to do with anything. But so they depicted Dracula in like like World War Two times, except he totally looks like Bono from the nineties. Yeah, he did. He has like weird red red glasses. It's so awkward. And I was like immediately out of immersion. (laughs) So I don't know. Um we'll see how Ravencroft is, I guess. Yeah. So Here's hoping. Sorry for those of you that followed us into that trash compactor. Sorry, so, team. Yeah. Anyway, that's going to do it for us. That, that is, is it. it. It was weird. <laughs> Pinch, poke, you owe me a Coke. Oh, I've never heard it done that way. Yeah. Oh. I've never heard that one before. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah that's what we I, used to I, do when I was a kid. It was always just, Jinx, you owe me a Coke. Or, Jinx, you owe me a soda. Yeah, no, it like was, uh, if you said something... At the same time, you would shout Jinx, but what it became was that, like, I don't know if this is how it developed. This is just how it was told to me. Everybody would say Jinx at the same time, so then you'd end up, like, in a Jinx fight. So what you would do is the first person to pinch poke somebody and say, pinch poke, you owe me a Coke. And that other person owed him a Coke. Yeah, Yeah, I feel like we did Jinx, double Jinx, triple Jinx, you owe me a Coke. And whoever could say it first, you did Mm. it. Kind of like we never, like punch buggy always resulted in food too so i don't know we never punched each other we just wanted food yeah huh anyway uh if you want more episodes uh you can find us online at coverbpodcast.com for all of our old content wow sorry that was our cat we have a cat who can't jump so she climbs and it's really loud it's super loud if you want to follow us on social media you can do that as well on facebook and twitter at cover b podcast you can listen to all of our previous episodes on our website you can also find really cool merch um and chris and i are also both on instagram talking mm. about cats and cosplay yeah and food and stuff yep so we will see you again next week for another episode can you Yet believe another. it can you believe even it? more maybe we'll episode be like 60 one. Maybe we'll be like Wonder Woman and get to 750. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> How many years would that be? A lot of years. Uh, I should be able to do this. Over 100, right? Let's see. Yeah. So, because we do like 50-something. So, like, like we'll, just 52-ish. Say, we'll just say 50 a year for, for giggles. Okay. Um, And then, so in five years. We would be at 250. So it would be that time. So 15. Ugh. 15 years of doing cover me. Are you going to stick with us for 15 years, fam? I hope so. 
I'm gonna. Well, at least come what back. What else am I gonna do? <laughs> well, at least come back next week for the next yep. episode of, of Cover, Cover B. B. Bye, everybody.